0: Folks, it's playoff time, at least for American football, as we like to call it. We don't actually like to call it that over here, but we're going to call it that today. Good old American football. It's playoff time. It's not only playoff time, but it's championship time. It's Super Al. It's the big game. It's whatever we are legally allowed to call it. And you got the Kansas City American football team and the San Francisco American football team headed to Las Vegas for the championship, oh baby, our partner Bet Online is your number one source for football odds, stats, trends, and lines. With everything from point spreads to hundreds of bets on everything from the coin toss to the color of the gosh darn Gatorade, Bet Online is the number one source for your championship wagering. Head to Bet Online today and join to get into all the action. Bet Online, the game starts here. Enjoy the show. Fly utterly, flip, flip, fly Quigs, have you been introduced to the, I guess... We could go back and forth between whether to call it a glory or a horror, but we'll call it the glory and horror of the Dune popcorn bucket.
1: So, no, this is brand new to me. Um, I don't know what this <laughs> Good. is. Good.
0: That makes me happy. <laughs>
1: yeah. So th- you see the picture, right, on the on the sheet, the shared sheet? So I am now looking at it, and I now know what the Dune popcorn bucket is, and I'm really, really upset that this is in front of my face.
0: It is one of the weirdest items I've ever seen. uh, For those who are not familiar, uh, Dune is uh, a popular science fiction book. Uh, It had a a big movie a couple years ago. Big movie's about to come out next month. And one of the big things in in Dune are these uh, sandworms. These big, icky sandworms. And... They decided, somebody decided, let's make a popcorn bucket out of the sandworm. And, folks, it is gross. You have to reach right into the sandworm's mouth with these, like, little tendrils or tentacles or something. Imagine going into the pit of the Sarlacc from Star Wars, but we're, you know, still staying in nerd territory. It's upsetting. And uh, some people have said it's upsetting, and some people have said it looks a little sexual to them. Um, like, they want to stick something in a there. A bet, but. yeah. Yeah, it could go either way, depending on just how demented your brain is. But regardless, it's unusual and it's not something I want to eat popcorn from. And I was just really amused that just before we started the show, I was scrolling on Instagram and I saw a post on IGN that said, Josh Brolin on the Dune popcorn bucket. I'm not sticking my hand in that.
1: (laughs) (laughs) I wouldn't. One
0: One of the stars of the film, one of the stars of the franchise. Nope, not having any part of that.
1: I wouldn't either. I want no point. I mean, it's really disgusting looking. It's it doesn't seem mm-hmm. like it would be fun to pull popcorn out of cuz it's got those little like No, not at all. whatever those things are in the middle of it so it'd like brush against your wrist in your hand as you're pulling out a big handful of po- like that doesn't I don't know. I just this doesn't look like something that would be fun to eat out of at all. Did they did the movie create this like in promotion for the Movie? Yeah, somebody or? in marketing worked with like the theater to create this. That's a horrible
0: idea. Why did they do that?
1: It's <laughs> <That's laughs> an awful so idea. idea. It's just
0: it it's like I know that you want to make, you know, get as much bang for your buck and then also
1: make things a special experience for people, but this ain't it. No, yeah, there're much better ways to do it than having this There're better uh, ways to do it. This Alaskan bullworm looking ass. <laughs>
0: Yeah, like, I I mean, I'm just imagining if the Flyers, like, gave you, like, a gritty popcorn bucket that was as upsetting as this one, where you're reaching into, like, Gritty's mouth, and there's, like, six gritty tongues going into the middle of it, which I wouldn't put it past them, because Gritty is as (laughs) demented as it gets.
1: I could see them doing it. I could see them doing some partnership with, like, um, um, like, Heavy Slime. Or something like that, mm. and Heavy Slime like love design heavy slime partnership. <laughs> heavy Slime designs like some sort of weird, like gritty thing like that. With like, I by the way,
0: if if Heavy Slime had a weird gritty or flyers based shirt, I would spend fifty dollars on it tomorrow. Oh, no, easily, no, no doubt about it. 50- heavy Slime, deliver us the flyer shirt we deserve.
1: Heavy Slime, I was really upset because Heavy Slime had this one shirt. Right before the Eagles season started that basically was just like, Philadelphia football, put them under the ground. And it was just like yes. so awesome. – it was such an awesome shirt and I wanted it very badly. And I so I asked for it for Christmas and then they – it's no longer on the site. And so I didn't get it for Christmas. So, oh, ah, yeah. your Christmas wish did not
0: come true. Maybe it for next not. year, but well, I think uh, you're just take... going to have to, you're just going to have to take it in your own hands and order it straight up yourself next year.
1: Yeah. Well, hopefully that shirt comes back because it was awesome. Um, but also now that I'm looking at heavy slimes, this is not sponsored by heavy slime. Like we just support heavy slime because Heavy Slime. We, sub- f- we love any local t-shirt vendor yeah. in Philadelphia. We're all about that life. Um, heavy slime has this one t-shirt that says if it ain't broke, break it. <laughs> so That's I love that as
0: Philly as it gets right there. It's I'm all so about good. that. Yeah. Yeah. It's really yeah. good. Hell yeah, brother. But yeah, heavy slime make us the gritty shirt or the flyer shirt that we all deserve.
1: Yeah. Yeah. I mean, so far I don't think I see any flyer stuff on the websites.
0: No, it's, it's very Phillies, Eagles, Sixers based, but I'm telling you, we, we, the Flyers community loves a skeleton, okay? We love yes, a skeleton. Yeah. So give us give us the skeleton that we deserve. Okay. We all want this. Look, the Flyers are back, baby, all right. They had one win coming out of the all-star break, and I'm energized. I'm back on board, all right. Owen Tippett's back. I'm back. The the chart is back on cocky, okay? We're <laughs> the needle's breaking off. We're back there over a two to one win.
1: We are all the way back, Steve. And it's, it's just funny because a couple of weeks ago, we were all just, everyone was down in the dumps. The Flyers were going through it. And people were thinking, oh, is this when they show their true colors and collapse? Like inevit- the inevitable, excuse me, the inevitable collapse has it officially come now. And like a lot of people thought it had. And then they go out and they beat the Florida Panthers. Now, I, I will say this. The first 20 minutes of that game it looked like it was going to be a repeat of like, you know, of the Boston game for a few minutes there because they were just getting shellacked in like every way possible. Like they were just being completely dominated, and then they scored like immediately on that power play. I think it was uh, Carter Verhage scored that that goal, and uh, oh yeah. After that, it was just like oh boy, like <laughs> here we go. This is this is where it goes out of control. But then the like Sam Harrison. Sam Harrison stood on his head. He kept the Flyers in the game, and then, lo and behold, I don't know what John Tortorella said to the team at the first intermission. He must have like threatened their families or something, because they came out and <laughs> the, they came out in the second period and totally just owned from that point on. And it was, and that was no slouch of a team. Like that's the Florida Panthers. Like they're one of the best teams in the NHL. Even though at the beginning of the season I thought they were going to go through a slump this year, they are, they have not. They are still very very good. And they are, without a doubt, a Stanley Cup contender. So, like, the fact that the Flyers beat them after basically sleepwalking through an entire first period in their first game back from the All-Star break, like, that's very impressive. Oh, absolutely. And, man, I have... Absolutely. And I have
0: all of the faith, again... You know, I had a little bit of a lull in my faith, and I have all of the faith, again, in Sam Harrison. Folks, we're big supporters on this show of the Son of Airs. I was hoping for a cooler thunder sound there, but, you know, you
1: get what YouTube <laughs> gets you. I, I was going to say, like, I, I didn't quite understand. What, I couldn't really hear what was going on in the background. I there, was I hoping was for
0: great. like a really kick-ass Thunder sound effect there, and I'll have to get one input for for next week that I can just put straight up on the ZenCaster because I forgot that ZenCaster has that ability where you can just straight up upload a, uh, a a sound effect into there and play it. It has the soundboard capability. Oh yeah, so I should have uh, I should have do- I didn't even think about this. I didn't think about doing a Sons of Air thunder sound effect in advance. But you know, when inspiration strikes, inspiration strikes, and sometimes YouTube is a uh, a big win, and sometimes it's a huge fail.
1: Yeah, yeah. It's uh, we'll chalk this Speaking one up of as huge fails. We'll chalk it up as a uh, as a mulligan. This one tonight. Yeah. Speaking
0: of huge fails, the Tampa Bay Lightning had a, a prime opportunity to help the Philadelphia Hockey Flyers tonight, and they blew it. They're uh, about to lose to the New York Rangers. So,
1: uh, come on, Tampa. Hopefully, Mikhail Sergachev is like all right. Apparently he got, like, stretchered off the ice, so... Ooh. That's not good, yeah, apparently. That. Apparently he was, like, favoring apparently. his knee or something, so... Not ideal. He's pretty good. It would stink if that he was sucks. Out, but... Yeah, so... You remember that trade when Sergitrev got traded for
0: Druin? And yeah. it was such a huge deal, and it didn't really seem like the Lightning were the ones that were going to make out on that deal, but... Sergachev has been with the Lightning ever since, and he's been just a key part of that defense. And Druin is on his second team since then, or third team, I forget. Might be is third, yeah,
1: I can't remember. He ain't there no more, folks. That's the kind of trade that I would like to see the Flyers make, this trade deadline, where it's like you take an experienced, like, you know— veteran player like well it's it's kind of weird because like at the time Jonathan Druin was viewed as like this young up-and-coming player so and then they ended up trading him for another like young prospect in Mikhail Sergachev but like they ended up winning that trade and by a landslide like Sergachev is a much much better player than than Jonathan Druin and it's just like I don't know. Like maybe that's the kind of maybe that's a a trade that of the Flyers could possibly make at the trade deadline this year, where they trade like a player who's like kind of young, has NHL experience, trade him for like another young guy who maybe hasn't made it to the NHL yet, and maybe they run away with some you know on their own Mikhail Sergachev. I don't know. Just a random thought. Now this isn't quite the
0: Sergachev trade, but. The closest I can think of to that is the Giroux trade where they got Owen Tippett. It's a different kind of trade, but... Yeah. I mean, yeah. that was one where the the Flyers actually did find a player that, uh, you know, maybe was not that valued in the deal and actually came out with what might be like a cornerstone player for the franchise. I mean,
1: considering his new contract, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> He is a cornerstone player for the contract or for the Flyers now. So. I mean, that's a, that's a nice contract
0: for him, but also just like, he is one of the key goal scorers on this team. Yeah. And you know, obviously the Flyers had to get their shit together in that game against the Panthers. They had a period and Tortorella said as much, like they went into the locker room and regrouped and talked about strategy and everything. But regardless of all that, there was a noticeable difference having Owen Tippett back in the lineup for this team. You know, he's not the end all be all like Travis Connecty is still your bread and butter guy for this team. He is still your key piece, but Owen Tippett is a really valuable member of this team. And it was great having him back in the lineup last night against the Panthers.
1: Yeah. We talked a little bit about it last week as well, or maybe the week before, like when Owen Tippett's going, he's so much fun to watch. And he's just, he's noticeable. He makes like those big, big plays. When I say big play, I mean, not necessarily scoring goals, which he does a ton of that. But like, he makes those like eye-popping plays where you, he brings you out of your seat and you're just like, oh, what's he about to do? And then some of them turn out to be nothing. (laughs) Like sometimes he just kind of like, you know, storms into the zone and like he almost does something, but not quite. But then other times he does what he did against the Stars. And the blues like crazy goals. So, um, yeah, like he's just it's. I think they missed him. I think they missed not having him in the lineup. And um, I don't. I don't want to say that like he's the reason that they started playing better. I think they were also just really fatigued after that, like, January stretch that they had. So I think they needed a rest because I think that was playing a pretty big factor. And I think John Turterell even said as much. Like, that played a big factor in their kind of, like, little teetering off at the end of the month. But, um, yeah, I think having Tippett back in the lineup certainly didn't hurt them at all. I think it kind of gave them a little additional spark on top of it.
0: Yeah. Well, I hopped on the other BSH podcast uh with Ryan Gilbert on yeah. Monday. And we were talking about this a little bit, and I didn't realize just how many damn games the Fires played. In the first half of the season, the Flyers played, I think it was it four more games than the Penguins did. Like they played 50 games in the first half. Right. And that's a shit ton of games, a ton of back-to-backs, just an exhausting schedule and some really, really tough opponents. So they needed a break. And then on top of all that, you know, the the Carter Hart news broke just before the all-star break. And that I'm sure threw the team into a little bit of chaos to hear your number one goaltender has to go to Canada to surrender himself to the police.
1: Yeah, like they, there was just a lot of weird stuff going on, like from the schedule and like all the travel because they were flying all over the place. And then the Carter Hart thing, like the Flyers just had it, – it was just a lot. And so I, I feel like they really needed that all-star break to kind of, I don't know, just kind of refocus reset. and recharge. Yeah, reset and then come back. And granted, they looked unbelievably rusty to start the game. Like it was so bad. They honestly – they they looked so bad in that first period. It's a miracle they even won. I mean, they were they looked that horrible, but they came back out and they and they ended up winning the game. They pulled it out because they got great goaltending from Sam Harrison. So, um, yeah, I, like if they can come out again uh, in Thursday night and then continue playing the way that they played in like the second third period against Florida, then then we're in business again.
0: Yeah, Winnipeg is going to be a tough matchup,
1: you know, I mean, that's an excellent hockey team, one of the
0: best in the league. And I mean, if they can come out and get another W, I mean, it's a home game, which always helps. And if they can get that W man, like, I mean, maybe this team is back on track. I really hope they are because Sam Erson is such a guy, a great guy to root for and a guy you want to do well. And they need him. If
1: they are going to make the playoffs, they need Sam Erson to be very good. And the thing with Ayrson is it seems like he's like completely down for this moment. Like he doesn't seem like that phased by like, oh shit, I'm the number one. Oh no. Like he, that doesn't really seem to be his mindset. He seems to, and this kind of like goes back to what he was saying earlier on in the se- like at the beginning of the season where he was saying like, yeah, I play better when I'm earning consistent starts. Like if I'm playing consistently, I feel like I play better because I get into a rhythm. And like now that he's getting consistent starts, I mean, we're kind of seeing he is good. He's really good, actually. So like it doesn't seem like this is something that's kind of psyching him out. He seems pretty down to do this. And he seems like he's very much up for the the task of being, the, the I guess, the de facto number one for now. So and that's kind of cool. That is cool. And uh, man, they, they, again, they need that big time. And I'm
0: so dreading what we see from Cal Peterson. I'm wondering when the first time we see Cal Peterson will be because they've got Winnipeg. I don't expect him to play in that game. I'd be terrified if he does. Uh, Seattle and Arizona coming up. Uh, I would imagine one of those Seattle or Arizona starts would go to Peterson. Uh, You know, Seattle, they had a rough start. I think They picked it up a little bit, not quite as much to the point where they were last season. Arizona's been surprisingly feisty this year. So they're not like the weakest opponents on the schedule, but Winnipeg's a lot tougher. Toronto's a lot tougher. New Jersey's a lot tougher. If you're going to put Peterson in, it seems like one of those two games is the the place to do it.
1: Yeah, I was actually listening to our friends Bill and Charlie and our very own oh, Kelly wow. Hinkle and the uh the PHLY oh. podcast. Um and basically like they were kind of talking about the same thing, like when is when is Peterson going to play? Because right now, like the Flyers schedule isn't nearly what it as crazy as it was in January. Like they have a lot of like, you know, two-day breaks between games and if not longer and so it's like I don't even think they have a back-to-back until like next month so it's they gotta like it's not like they're in many positions where they need the backup goalie to play but I still think that they should like if they really wanted they probably could start Harrison every game for the next like month but like I don't even though he's like young I don't think they should do that still I still think it would be good to get a terrible idea yeah I still think it would be good to get Peterson in there like even though he's frankly not good like get him in there get him like some confidence let him see some action put him in against Seattle like that I think that would be a good kind of test for him um because like Seattle's they haven't been great but they're they still do have some talent. And so like, get him in there, let him, you know, let him kind of test everything out and um, see how he does. Cause now I feel like that he, now that Cal Peterson knows that he's the backup now, like for the, how, however long he's going to be here.
0: Most likely the rest of the season, he has yeah. the backup at yeah. the very, at the bare minimum.
1: Yeah. And so like, now that he kind of knows that it's like, all right, like maybe he has a different mindset being the backup like maybe he's just preparing differently like before he was battling for a job and like maybe I don't know it was like a different brain chemistry or something but maybe now that he's in this position he's like all right well I know I'm here to stay like maybe he just needed that bit of confidence of job security or something and maybe that'll help him play better I have no clue but um yeah I mean I think throw him in against Seattle um, and, and see how he does. I I feel like having him play against Arizona wouldn't be ideal just because like then Arson would have like five or, or like six, six, seven straight days off, which like I feel like that's a little long for a goalie. So like get I agree. I agree. Completely. Yeah. So get get Peterson in against Seattle and then and go from there. Yeah, but you have to play him. You can't run erson into the ground. Like you you're
0: not gonna make the playoffs, let alone win a round, if you run erson into the ground. You just can't afford to do that because there's no real next man up. Okay, Cal Peterson I would be shocked if like he became the starter because like something happened to Ayrson and mm-hmm. the Flyers made the playoffs behind him. Uh, Felix Sandstrom, I don't feel great about that either. Like I'd rather sign a guy on this off the street than start either of those guys permanently. Right, yeah. So you need Peterson to step in there. You need him to be a backup. And look, he's a guy who, while he's been pretty bad in professional hockey for a couple of years now, he has had success in the past. It's, it is possible. And Look, I mean, this might just be me glorifying the coaching staff here, but this coaching staff's done a pretty damn good job with some reclamation projects, looking at Rasmus Rustalainen, for instance. So there is a chance that maybe they could restore Peterson to some semblance of his former self.
1: Yeah. And I mean, like you said, like before he joined the Flyers, like there was a time where he, and we've talked about this before, there was a time where he was the successor to Jonathan Quick in LA. And like that was a unanimous like belief. Everyone knew like, Oh yeah. Like Cal Peterson, he's going to be the next number one in LA with the Kings. And he just, he kind of fell off a cliff. His play completely regressed, like aggressive, like really fast. Um, But like we've seen him perform well before. And so like just the fact that he has done it means that maybe he could do it again with the right situation. I don't know if this is that situation, but like it could happen. So, but like, yeah, like for right now, Sam, they're gonna have to leave lean very heavy on Sam Harrison. But like, it's important, like you were saying, not to lean on him too, too much because then, it, as soon as you run your goalie into the ground, it's over. Like, it's over. Uh, yeah, I mean, you go to the playoffs with Sam with like an exhausted Sam Harrison he has one or two bad games. Then you get Cal Peterson in there for games three and four. And that goes horribly. So it's like, yeah, like we saw what happened. Oh my the-
0: God. I'm having just horrible flashbacks right now to, to the 2011, it was 2011, 12. No, I guess it was 2010, 11 playoffs where Peter Laviolette had a total goalie carousel in the first round yeah. uh, with Sergey Bobrovsky, Brian Boucher and Michael Layton. And it was just a disaster.
1: Yeah, and, like, that's just not – I don't think it's a coincidence that, like, teams that don't have, like, their kind of, uh, you know, bona fide number one guy consistently starting in the playoffs. Like, I don't think it's a coincidence that typically they don't last that long. Like, yeah, I don't know. It's, It's weird. I think about this a lot. So, like, all right. So, look at the Boston Bruins. They're, like, arguably the best team in the NHL, certainly one of them. And during the regular season, I mean it's it's not fair because they have two incredible goalies. They have um Linus Almark and Jeremy Swayman, and both of them are awesome. But like shit gets weird when they go to the playoffs. And like it's it's like there's a I don't know. It's like it's it's weird. Like well, going you know, into the playoffs with like a goalie tandem is it just feels weird to me. Like, I don't know if that's You're just asking
0: like... for trouble. You're asking for trouble because like, you really want a guy with confidence who can build up a rhythm every night. Like, that's why hot goaltenders are such a difference maker in the playoffs because they catch fire, they get confident. They The cocky meter is... The cup overfloweth on the cocky meter for those guys when they are really hot. Look at Carey Price a couple years back with the Montreal Canadiens, you know? Mm-hmm. Like, when a guy catches fire, he turns into a brick wall, you know, even like a guy like fucking Michael Layton, you know, I hate to bring up Michael Layton, a couple podcasts. Uh, I don't know. <laughs> yeah. If it's two in a times in a couple point, minutes, but, but like even a guy like Michael Layton can get some confidence and really just uh, go through it. You know, who can, he can catch fire and have a couple good starts there. But uh, that was also, that was goalie tandem by necessity because they had injuries that year. But, you know, for a good chunk of that playoff run, Layton was the guy and did better because of it. Uh, granted, total disaster in the finals. Less said about that, the, la- the better. Uh, but, you know, regardless, like, Carey Price is a great example. Jordan Bennington is a great example. Jordan Bennington, nothing special, nothing to write home about. But Jordan Bennington, when the Blues won the Cup, the guy caught on fire. He was cocky as hell. He knew he was hot shit, and he played like it.
1: Yeah. And like and that's the thing. It feels like some of these teams that go into the playoffs having like this tandem type deal, they have like, you know, they'll have a guy have a good few games and then he has a couple bad games and then it's just like, "All right, we're putting in Swayman," you know, or or we're putting in Ullmark. And then it just gets weird. I don't know. Like I I honestly haven't done much research on this, so I could just be like no you're talking right. nonsense I, right now but like it just feels i'm like, in total agreement yeah it just feels like when you go into the playoffs like it's ideal to have just like your starter unless he gets hurt yeah. and you, or like you pull him and then because you're getting killed and then you start the but pulling him is
0: just asking for trouble man it is asking for trouble and i've seen it enough with the flyers you know i have seen my share of goal because the, the flyers rarely at least in the past like 25 years of Flyers hockey have rarely had a rock-solid number one. Even the 97 playoff run, which is one of my favorites, they bounced between Ron Hextall and Garth Snow, and, you know, they got swept by the Red Wings, you know? Granted, most of that was because the Red Wings were just unbelievable that year, just one of the greatest hockey teams I've ever seen. But it didn't help that you didn't have, like, number one, no matter what, you know, they, they bounce between Hextall and Snow. Uh, I've seen plenty of other tandems in there and just guys that are, you know, pretty good, but not like established number ones. So that was one of the, the things that we had hoped maybe was over for the Flyers. We hoped maybe, Hey, we have a number one for a good long time. That is not the case, but if the Flyers are to succeed in any way this season, and I would say moving forward, you really need that, that no doubt about it starter in net. I, I hate goalie tandems. I hate them.
1: Yeah. Like, I don't want to say I hate goalie tandems. Cause like, I do think it I, could, hate them. <laughs> I do think it could work like, like maybe you need two
0: good goalies. You do. You need two good goalies because so you can't, you're going to destroy your main goaltender. I mean, even yeah. look at some of the great, like Henrik Lundqvist, right. One of the greatest goaltenders of all time. But like if the Rangers The years that the Rangers had good backups, you know, I I feel like they did better. They were a better team to count upon, even though people would like I was reminded of this the other day where I think it was again when I was talking to Gilbert, where like Cam Talbot was the the backup. Right. And people would say, well, he should be the starter over Lundquist in the playoffs. It's like that's insane. And people will always say that shit because the grass is always greener. Uh, Goaltender for the Flyers, quarterback for the Eagles, closer for the Phillies you know, the positions that are
1: always in need. <laughs> it's happening right now. I mean, so the New York Rangers, right? Like Igor Shosturkin hasn't had the best year and people. Like it, literally, it, earlier the guy today, was
0: unbelievable the last two years. Yeah. Unbelievable. The last literally
1: two years. earlier today, I heard on, I think it was Jeff Merrick's show. Someone was saying, should Jonathan quick take over as the starter? And it's just like, what the hell did you just say? Are, you, like, are, are you high? Like, yeah. Like, and I like Jeff Merrick is a smart, smart dude and he, i i typically agree with all of his for with most of his takes but like i i don't know if he said that like in like a joking way or like if he was like being serious but if he was being serious god damn jeff like that is that that is a
0: take there's a reason there's a reason that jonathan quick ended up as the backup goaltender for the rangers this year and that's because he can't start consistently anymore
1: he just can't No, no, he can't. It's like, uh, listen, he's, how old is he? I don't even know how old he is. He's old. He's He's got to be like 36, 37. He's an older player now. Like he, and and plus it's Igor Shosturkin we're talking about. Like, it's not like he is sitting behind Sam Harrison. Like if it was Sam Harrison and Jonathan Quick, like, okay, then maybe we can have a discussion. But like. Jonathan
0: Quick is 38 years old.
1: Yeah. Like, and Igor Shosturkin is like one of the best goalies in the world. So I, I just don't understand. People just love, you're so right. Like the grass is always greener ideology. Like people have mm-hmm, that mm-hmm. all the time with goalies and it's so weird sometimes. And sometimes some it's hot it's, take one Oh one. Yeah. Like sometimes people are right. Like sometimes, you know, people are right to say, Oh, I think we should start this guy over that guy. And then they end up being right. But like a lot of times play or fans are just like, they're very reactive to like a bad game. Mm -hmm. And then it's just, it, yeah, just don't galaxy brain goalies.
0: Oh, well that's it. Dude, that's a tale as old as time people, galaxy brain, any, any pivotal position, you know, the star player. um, There was always uh, bill Simmons back in the day. Used to talk about what he called the, the Ewing theory, which is the team plays better when the star player is out. Uh, Looking at the, the 2000 flyers as a a prime example of that. When Eric Lindros was out in the Eastern conference final against the devils, the flyers went up three, one Lindros came back. They lost the remaining games to lose that series in seven people naturally blame Lindros for that, but, it's a team sport, guys. It's not just Lindros' fault. Lindros played pretty well for what it it was worth. But, you know, like, the theory is, like, teams will play better because they have to without their star player. But, you know, that's, like, a sports fan's, like, outside perspective looking in, right? Uh, The thing is, you want your star player in there. You want your surefire goaltender. You want your surefire starting quarterback. I mean, almost every year of the Donovan McNabb era with the Eagles people would talk about the backup saying they should be the starter over McNabb, AJ Feely, uh, Jeff Garcia, you know, guys like that, Kevin Cobb, like th- there was a controversy every other year with McNabb because people wanted to make controversy. And, you know, because it's, it's very easy to make controversy over a star player. Uh, Claude Giroux, I mean, hot take artists in this town would talk about Claude Giroux. Like he was the problem with this team, but he was just the easiest person to blame as the most talented player and the captain of the team. You know, it, it's ludicrous, but it's hot takes one Oh one.
1: Exactly. Yeah. And I mean, we, we kind of see it a little bit now. With Jalen hurts where it's like, yeah, he didn't have the best year and people are coming out and saying like, Oh, well, maybe he's just not leading the right way. And it's just like, yeah. you're just starting, you're just starting these weird conversations that you have no intel on. It's just, it's weird. So yeah, I'm, you know it's bad that. when Howard
0: Eskin is calling out this shit. Like Howard Eskin is one of the all-time shitsters in Philadelphia sports history. Okay, yeah. Clough Lee himself. And if Howard Eskin is calling people out for their hot takes, you know they're real bad.
1: Yeah, it's it's pretty wild. Like I don't I don't understand where people are are coming. It's like the Michael Jordan thing on the internet, where he's like, "Stop it." get help. Like, <laughs> that's it it. Kind of, yeah, exactly. like the people started those conversations. That's what it reminds me of. So, um, Oh 100%, 100%. how did we get out of yeah. this conversation? Where even, how did we, well, get we here? started talking about, we, we,
0: how did I get here? We were talking about Sam Harrison being just the guy moving forward. Yeah. And like, the thing is he has to be, because again, Cal Peterson, not too good. He's stinky, smells yeah. bad. It probably doesn't smell bad. He seems like a nice guy. But the thing is, Cal Peterson, we know he ain't going to be the guy, but he's going to have to start. He's going to have to get in there. He's going to have to make starts. That's just how it's going to have to be for the rest of the season. It's going to be an interesting rest of the season. I'll say that for sure. But, uh, you know, good start to the remaining half of the season. Uh, the All-Star break, I don't really have anything to say about it. Like, I didn't really watch much. Uh, I was glad they went back to the draft format. Uh, It shouldn't have gotten its own night. You should have done the draft and then had the skills competition the same night. Dragging those fans in for two nights is insane. Uh, But, you know, whatever. But, yeah, I mean, that's fun. It seemed like there was some fun. But, you know, who really cares?
1: Yeah, I didn't watch the All-Star game this year, and I don't regret it. Um, The All-Star game. I can't remember the last time I watched it. Yeah, it's not... Like, sometimes you'll have some good stuff, but for the most part, it's just, it's kind of boring. It's not really all that fun. The Pro Bowl, like, the Pro Bowl should just end. Like, the NFL... I think like, they did kind of end it. I think it was just, like, skills competitions and, like,
0: a flag football Yeah, now it's tournament. flag
1: football. Like, I think they should even get rid of the flag football. Just have... No, literally, stupid. just make it the skills competition for the NFL, and like, make it the skills competition.
0: Let Jason Kelsey just hang out with his family, and we're all good to go. Yeah,
1: like make the like make him do like long snapping tricks. You know what I mean? Like just like <laughs> that no, yeah, like no more like no one's watching this flag football. I assure you. So just do the skills like the skills I actually kind of like. I actually do kind of like, like the skills with the NHL too. The skills are always fun. I like seeing who has the hardest slap shot.
0: I yeah. like seeing who's the fastest. Watching Connor McDavid skate around that rink
1: at insane speeds is fantastic. I love it. It's always fun. And like, I don't know. It's just, I always have more fun watching the skills than the actual all-star game. So like, just get rid yeah. of the, And like, no one's even trying in the all-star game. Just like get rid of the all-star game and just make get it a skills All-Star thing. And like, cause that seems to be where the players have a lot of fun is during the the skills. So, and it's know. nice for them to have a break, you know, so ha- let them have a break and they just do some skills and they
0: get to have some drinks in Vegas and, you know, just do it in Vegas every year. I don't even care anymore. Yeah. Just Michael Buble coming time.
1: in on shrooms. Like it's, I think they did it in, in Toronto, incredible. which is why Buble was
0: there on shrooms, but that was yeah. fun. That was fun. Yeah. I will say it was nice to have uh, some celebrity involvement a little bit more than usual. So Yo, was Tate McRae rocks. Is that right? I didn't Tate McRae uh, rocks. I.
1: I, I right. It's actually funny. So uh, I, I, evidently um, her ex-boyfriend, Cole Sillinger, um, evidently – so he obviously was not at the All-Star Game.
0: Um, right, because he's Cole Sillinger.
1: Yes, and uh, apparently, he has been getting asked lots of questions about his ex-girlfriend because she just performed at the All-Star yeah. Game and got tons of airtime. And uh, evidently, uh, he came out and he denied the belief or denied the, the, um, the accusations of him having cheated on her back when they were together. Oh, wow. So, yeah. Uh, yeah, some pretty pretty juicy stuff at this uh, at this this All Star game this year between Tate McRae and Cole Sillinger. So that's yeah. what we all sign up for. That's that's what the stuff we want to hear. I, honestly, that's, that's juicy stuff. I lo- I want more of that. Like, let give me some more drama. Like, you know, like I want more of that. It's like that <laughs> stupid jail meme where it's like it's like uh, no soap operas, just hockey. Like, give me soap operas, dude. <laughs> I want soap operas. That's what most when people want. When are we want. just going to make the
0: ultimate Bill Matt sport and combine wrestling and hockey? Come on.
1: Oh, that would be awesome. That'd Let's be so good. Come on. Yeah. Why not?
0: I mean, if they brought the wrestling intros into hockey, that alone would be worth it.
1: Oh, yeah. Like, instead of, um, you know, the whole team coming out, like, they all get their individual, like, song and like, they get pyrotechnics and all that stuff. Like, it would be great. Like, can you imagine TK coming out and telling everybody to suck it? It'd be great. Suck so it! Or just like, yeah. uh, I don't know, like, whenever someone scores a goal, like, the lights go out with the bell. Bong! And then yeah. the that, that like, death song starts playing from The Undertaker. Yeah. So. Absolutely. Perfect. And then
0: assign one wrestling color commentator to every
1: booth, and you're, you're golden. Yeah, it'd be really fun. I would love that.
0: Back oh, that's Ryan Reeves' music. <laughs> yeah. It'd be you fun. It would be awesome. it would be, be great. Yeah. Let's do it. I'm totally into it. I'm totally into it. And the perfect coach for this brave new era of wrestling hockey is John Tortorella, of course, because the man speaks his mind and man Torts had coming out of the, the break and in the break really had some, uh, some more gold that he was laying upon us with, uh, with the old torts quotes. So, uh, th- this first one, he's been cracking spit and everybody up spitting gold. It's fantastic. He is in top shape. And man, this first one, we were laughing our asses off in the slack about this one. Torts said, I would like to think that maybe when they're having dinner together, and I'm not sure if this happens, they might talk hockey. I don't know. If I ever heard that, that that's what's going on, I'd wet my pants. (laughs) And that was John Tortorella talking about Cam York and Jamie Drysdale talking hockey. (laughs) He would wet his pants if they were talking hockey together during their time off. Like, amazing. Amazing quote.
1: The the video was awesome of him giving the quote because so it's on their youtube channel and like i can't even remember who asked the question but like someone asked him you know about drysdale and york or whatever and um he gave that quote and <laughs> kevin kurz of the athletic just like you can hear him like you can't really see him but you can just hear him audibly go ha <laughs> like that as soon as torts gave the quote which honestly i would have done the exact same thing because that's hilarious like how did well, who's like he literally to just say said that? that yeah but so unhinged. wet my pants yeah i would wet myself i
0: think i'd shit myself <laughs> if these fellows were talking hockey in their off time
1: like amazing now steve if you want to get like really flyers after dark here when he says wet his pants what what, what kind of wet are we talking we talking pee. We're talking mean, something else. What do you, what do you think? I, I was thinking,
0: you know, not to get too crude, but I, my first thought was something else, unfortunately. Yeah. like yeah, that's what I was that's, thinking. Because I, I wouldn't say wet my pants personally, but, you know, that's uh, – I, I like a little <laughs> barroom speak with uh, 10 beers in me. That's how I talk. So I, mean, know, I wouldn't have used that
1: phrase, but, you know, hey, I think this is a choose-your-own-adventure. I think torts meant he would pee his pants, but – most I, like I'm, I think that's what he like literally meant, but literally, like 95% of people who are going to hear that quote are going to think something, not be, not piss, Steve. Definitely not.
0: Yeah, 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 yeah. It's uh, he's excited. We'll just put it that way, folks. He is excited. He is excited. He is about an excited possibility. Yeah.
1: Yeah. It's it, pretty an excited man right here. Yeah.
0: John Tortorella. I also cracked up at the clip of Torts talking about, uh, Joel Farabee trying the Michigan and Torts was just like, like he was half joking, but he was like, I think I, we would have had to take that one off the board.
1: He was not a fan of uh, the bees trying to get the old Michigan there. God, I wish he had done it. Well, I think he actually walked back. Be- like, I think he actually like made it clear that he was joking when he said that, um, that, I like- don't, th- but, but I
0: think he was half choking. I think like part of him's like, yeah, I'll do that. Yeah, yeah. I'll do that. I, I did enjoy that quote though, where he's especially when he's talking about the first guy to look over at him after that was was just like,
1: <laughs> yeah, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> oh, jeez, what's Coach gonna do here? It's it's actually funny because I was wondering before Joel Farabee did that, like attempted that Michigan. Like a few weeks before that, I was wondering to myself, like, who on the Flyers would try in Michigan, and the players I thought would have tried it would be Konechny. Because, Ther- because and Konechny. Konechny were my one in one A. Yeah, I like Farabee was up there. Um, Forster was up there, even though like he's not so much like his puck skills. Like I, I know he has good puck skills, but like. When I think of him, I think of more, like, one-timers and, like, kind of, like, yeah. mid-range, like, wrist shots. You know what I mean? Like, I don't think of him as, like, someone who would, like, do a Michigan. But I still no, had no. him up there. Um, Morgan Maybe Cam from, York? Uh, uh, Cam York would I, – I could see that, actually. I could see him trying. If, out.
0: like, Cam York got the opportunity to be down and close near the net, like, which would yeah. be rare. And I think Torch would be furious <laughs> that he would be that low to the net. Right. But maybe York or, or Drysdale, you know the uh, the wet your pants duo, the wet
1: bandits. If York, the wet your pants bandits, the wet your <laughs> pants bandits. <laughs> that's good. That's yes, That's <laughs> really good. Is that the name of this episode? It's
0: gotta be. Yeah, it's, I was gonna there call it, it. I was gonna call it. Give us the gritty popcorn bucket. But no, no, no. it's the wet your pants bandit. It's hundred percent. T-shirt coming soon.
1: Oh, that's so good. Well done, Steve. Very, very good. I, I'm better. back, baby. I'm back, baby. Oh, baby. Um, oh, yeah. I feel <laughs> I feel like if Cam York or Jamie Drysdale tried to do the Michigan, it would be one of those Michigans where, like, they're not, like, stationary behind the net, but it would be, like, them skating behind the net. And while they're in motion, they just kind of, like, in the process, like, just scoop the puck up and do it, like, as they're skating past the net from behind it, if, if you know what I mean.
0: Oh, they're, they're going to Sonic the Hedgehog their way from, from blue line to blue line and then just zoom in. and
1: <laughs> that's, that's how I think it would be. Because, like, the, the way that, like, you know, Trevor Zegers would do it, he would, like, be behind the net, like, not moving. And then he would just pick up the puck and just, you know, do it. But, like, I feel like if it were Cam York or Jamie Drysdale, they would be, they would do it in motion. But yeah, I also think Perfect. Morgan Frost would do it, but I also think Morgan Frost knows that if he ever tries that and it doesn't work out, he'll be like, like, sent to... Straight to jail. Like, I swear to God, like, he, he would be, I think he would be sent to jail by Straight Tortorella to jail. himself. Yeah. Like, he would never play a minute yeah. at hockey again.
0: No, you'd never see him again. He'd be eating flyer-shaped pretzels for the rest of his life. The Shadow Realm.
1: That's what I was thinking. He'd be sent to
0: the Shadow, Shadow Realm. Realm. The Shadow the, yeah. the Phantom Zone. The Shadow Realm. Whatever you want to call it, Morgan was, Frost would be. Yeah, I was trying here.
1: to remember what, the, what that like, weird Yu-Gi-Oh! thing was, and I was just like, stumped, so I... Yeah, so shadow <laughs> realm—that's what it is.
0: We got a, we got a few different places. We got the shadow realm. I always think of the phantom, uh, the phantom zone from Superman. He could be sent there. There are a number of places that we could send Morgan Frost to, but ultimately they're all just euphemisms for the press box. Yeah, <laughs> that's all it is. So that's all it is. That all yeah. it is. And you know, I mean, listen, things are going to be interesting for our boys for the next you know month and a half because the trade deadline is fi- actually it's a month now. The trade deadline is finally. Almost here. We're about a month away from the trade deadline. What is it? March 8th? March 8th.
1: Yeah, Seems so
0: far away still, but it's almost here. And, uh, you know, things are starting to heat up a little bit on the rumor mill. And despite the fact that the Flyers are in a playoff position, you know, they are not talking about buying in. They're still talking about selling and the rumors still Involve them selling for the most part, but uh, there are a couple of interesting things from today's 32 thoughts. Thanks to uh, the great Kurt R for laying that down on us in the Slack today. But the first one was Philadelphia can extend Travis Konecny on July 1st, but the Flyers are trying to get the leg one leg work done sooner. You're going to see a real attempt at this. The prediction is Nick, C- Nick Sealer stays. Jamie Drysdale's arrival puts Sean Walker on the move. Edmonton and Tampa Bay are among interested parties. Ristalinen's stock is up, but the contract is tricky. And then he continued by saying that brings us to Scott Lawton. The first rounders are going for rentals. The first rounders going for rental centers have GMs thinking if you're Pat Verbeek, you're smiling at the market with several teams looking for middlemen. Uh, Pat Verbeek has Adam Henrique in his back pocket. Uh, The Rangers are looking for two of them, going to be watching Tyler Johnson, now off injured reserve. Uh, What that's also done is bring out the managers who have a center with term. Those include Nick Dowd and Scott Lawton. The latter's down three minutes a game from last year and is at his lowest playing time in four seasons. If that's the future, a move is better for everyone. I would expect teams to call on Boone Jenner for the same reason. But he's got a partial no trade, and you can't see Columbus doing it without a massive return. So that's a lot from Elliot Friedman there. Uh, there are rarely two very long thoughts in the 32 that mm-hmm. are contributed to the Flyers like this. But, uh, you know, that's that's big news all around. That's a lot to unpack. But, you know, I, I think... Let's start with the Konechny thing. I think... That's not a surprise given how well Travis Konechny has played, what a cornerstone player for the franchise he is right now, and what a just popular guy he is with fans.
1: Yeah, I don't know what they do. All right, so I actually want to get your opinion on this, Steve, because would you like to see that trade happen? uh, Trade Travis Konechny? Yeah. God, I think
0: if you are really committed to rebuilding and getting a completely new core, that's the one piece that you can get a lot for if you traded. Like, you could really get a haul for TK, and that would be great for rebuilding this team. That said, I really think he could be a valuable player, and if they do think that this team is a little closer than they thought last year, having Travis Konechny as the leader on this team and the, the kind of face of the franchise... Could be really good for you. Uh, so how old is TK at this point?
1: I believe he's 26. He's not He's okay. not old. He's still young. He's not old. He's been in the league for a long time. Like, it doesn't seem like it. Or like... Well, I mean, it does seem like... But like, he, he's a lot younger than it feels just because he's been in the league for such a long time.
0: Well, it's like Sean Couturier. Sean Couturier's been playing over a decade at this point. And... You're
1: like, oh, he's got to be so old. And he's like 30. Uh, exactly. Yeah. It, it's kind of like, um, who else is like super, super young? Joel Farabee. Like, you, he, it seems like it, hell, he's even 30 Sid- years old and he's literally like yeah. 24.
0: Farabee's really young. His contract rocks. I love Farabee's contract. Hell, Sidney Crosby's a great example. Sidney Crosby has been playing in the NHL since I was in college. Okay. Folks, I'm old as shit. All right. The fact that Sidney Crosby is not only still playing, but still playing great is insane. Okay, it's insane. But that's how long he's been in the damn league. It's crazy. My life is so different than when Sidney Crosby started in the league. Hell, some of these people weren't born.
1: So Sidney Crosby is 36 years old, which is somehow like a lot younger than I thought he was. Um, right. You would think he's like 42. Like yeah. you think he'd be Tom Brady's age. I thought he was like 38 and he's, he's 36. And then 36 Travis connect He's 26. He turns 27 on March 11th. So, okay. Um, so but he's so TK, still young fellow
0: mid March birthday. So respect for that. But uh, yeah, TK man, like he's still young. If you sign him to a Sanheim deal, which is the max contract you could get that's eight years So, that brings him to, what, three, so 30, and then, so
1: 35. He'd be 35 at the end of it. So, all right. So, here's my two cents on Konechny. So, Travis Konechny rocks. He's like the, he's such a, like, the quintessential flyer. Great flyer.
0: Absolute great flyer.
1: He's exactly what they need. Like, he's skilled. Um... High end talent. He's a little bastard. He's just always oh, he's stirring shit out there. Like he's always in the middle of everything. God, that, like against the Panthers, he was just <laughs> after. What was it? The second period? Was it the second period or the first period? He was just trying to fight everyone. Like he was going. That after... was a chippy game, man. It was. He was going after. Uh, uh, I believe it was Sam Bennett. He was going after. He he punched him in the face, and then he and Matt Kachuk started going at it. So it was just oh. it was so funny. Um, Man after my own heart. Yeah. So Travis Konechny is like the best flyer and he no one will be mad if he signs, you know, re-ups with the flyers and stays here for like the next seven, six, seven, eight years. Um, my the thing that gives me that makes me hesitate a little bit if I'm Dana Breyer is just like how, how much is he going to be asking for here?
0: Because right? that's
1: a big question. Like, I know that he is the best player on the team right now. And I know he's due for a raise. But, like, it's not like he is. You don't want to be playing. You don't want to be paying a 34, 35-year-old guy, like, $8 million a year when they're, like, you know, when they're at that age. And that's kind of that like was the,
0: what I thought of, you know, when you were talking about salary, like I would think like they'd be looking at somewhere like an eight by eight or something.
1: Right. And so I think you have to like, you got to ask yourself, what are we going to do with like, do we want to keep him at that salary until that age? Or should we swap him now and get younger assets back in return? Because they would get a ton of of assets. Like they would get draft capital, they would get prospects, they would get a lot for Travis connected because he's because he's on such a good deal um and he Great is, team guy. Yeah, and he's he's still young and he's good. So they would get a I think they would get a very very good return for him. Well, so if they trade Travis connected, it would be sad because he is such a good player. He's so he, he's been great for the Flyers. Like can he like I said before, he's like the perfect flyer. The picture of a flyer. Um but given where they are I say I, I say trade him. I think I I wouldn't be against trading him. I, I really would. My my brain says trade him. My my heart says keep
0: him. But I, I think the brain is probably the smarter thing to listen to here uh, because, you know, it, it does make logical sense if you are truly a rebuilding team and you can get the most value for this guy and not hamper, you know, lock yourself down cap wise for a while. Like the smart, the smart move is to trade him here, you know, especially if you don't think you're going to win a cup in his prime years, which would be. By the time he's 30, 31, so basically you have like three, four years. You know, like you, you, you probably should trade him. It pains me to say it, but it's logical.
1: Now I'll say this: I don't think like if people are like going into this trade deadline expecting a Travis Konechny trade, I don't think that's happening because no, like, that would be a that would be a huge deal. That, that, that's that a would franchise be franchise changer. Right yeah, th- yeah, this is an off-season trade. Like the trade deadline, like they're gonna get. Chances are, like, assuming they continue playing basically the way that they have been, like, aside from that, like, rough stretch, like, right before the All-Star break, I think, I mean, they're going to be contending for a playoff spot. They're not going to trade Konechny, like, as they're in the process of, like, fighting and scratching and clawing for a playoff spot. Like, they, they still want to make it. You better
0: believe. You better believe Comcast wants some frigging home playoff games for this team. Okay. They, they want that revenue.
1: Yeah, they do. And so like, that's kind of why I'm like, this is an off season trade. I I don't know. Like the trade deadline trades. That's going to be the Sean walkers. The um, Sean walkers, the big name.
0: I I think he'll be gone. People have talked about sealer, but then as Friedman said, it sounds like sealer stays. We talked about sealer a week or two ago and you know, I think we've talked enough about this like guy, who's a six seven defenseman on this team. I'm personally not too bothered by locking him down for just like a year or two with a mm-hmm. a pretty small contract, especially if I, I don't think we were talking about this in the slack. and Kelly was talking about the possibility of sealer blocking guys, but I don't really see that happening. If anybody is talented enough to be in the lineup over Nick Sealer, I don't think the coaching staff is going to put Nick Sealer in over them. Like I really don't think he's he blocks anyone.
1: No, I don't think so. And I think he's he has a really good understanding of what he is, I think. Like, Nick Sealer is not going to be like, I'm Nick Sealer. You can't scratch me. Like, right. he's never going to say that. He's got a pretty good attitude, I think. So, yeah. Like,
0: Andrew McDonald, and it wasn't an ego thing with Andrew McDonald. He just, you know, sucked. Uh, he just made a lot of money. <laughs> the coach loved so him. Like, and the coach loved him. So it was hard to bench him because, frankly, you're paying the guy $5.5 a, a season. It seems like a real premium. And th- there were a lot of factors that went into him staying in the lineup. Uh, Nick sealer is not Andrew McDonald. So I don't see that being a problem. Sean Walker. Now that's a guy that he's up there in age, just like sealer, uh, can fetch you a bigger price at the trade deadline than sealer definitely could. Uh, so Sean Walker's the logical kind of trade, you know, he, he makes the most sense. He'll get you the biggest value. I mean, they talked about Edmonton and Tampa Bay being interested parties and those are teams that I know Tampa Bay doesn't have a lot of draft capital. They have a couple interesting prospects. Uh, Edmonton is a team that desperately needs to make some traction with the team they have now. So they could really use a guy like that. Like you have people that really want Sean Walker. So Sean Walker seems like the guy to trade and all oh, that Risto part at the end. God, I love it. I would love trading Risto so much. But again,
1: that contract makes it very tricky. That would be wild if he ends up getting traded. Like, that would be such a spicy meatball. I can't even begin to imagine. But, like, and then also we got Scott Lawton. Like, Scott Lawton could very well be traded too. Like, if Scooty Lutz is a big one, you know, that's like not, honestly, not one of your best players,
0: but real heart and soul of the team type guy. But you could get somebody to overpay
1: for him. You really could. Yeah. I mean,. Who I th- I can't remember. I think it was actually Bill Matz again. Um second shout out, Bill Matz. He's pretty so, good. He, he's a pretty smart guy, Bill Matz. He's a he's a smart fella. Um he basically was talking about how uh he made the comparison to Tanner Janot and how Tampa gave up like an insane ransom to get Tanner freaking Janot last year. Like, a team could do that for Scott Lawton. Like, Scott Lawton has been playing Pretty badly this year, like if we're going to be honest, but like he's still respected, I think, as a leader. And I think teams recognize that like this is not what Scott Lawton is like. Yeah, he's having a down year, but he's still like a useful bottom six player. So like
0: people love a heart and soul guy. They, they do love a gritty forward that can step in there and uh, give you give you a all on the ice. They love it. They, yeah. GMs love it.
1: So I don't know. I Like that's one. Like I, I think the players to keep an eye on at the trade deadline are definitely Sean Walker. I'll, I, frankly, I'll be stunned if he's still a flyer in, you know, the next thirty days. Um. So Sean Walker, Nick Sealer's. Like I think he's going to resign, but like still, like that's a player to watch. Scott Lawton and. I guess Rasmus for Salinen, and then if you want to get real spicy, I guess you could throw Morgan Morgan Frost in there. Like, you want to get nuts? Let's get nuts. I, I think Morgan Frost has definitely kind of he he's improved his stock quite a bit. Like, I think he has the respect of John Tortorella now. Oh, it looks like a, another Bill M has joined the podcast. <laughs> uh, that's right. Here I am. Um, but like, listen, Morgan Frost has been playing a lot better. Like ever since the toilet seat is up, the toilet seat is all the way up, baby. Like you know, you don't, you don't. I mean, it's just one way ticket to toilet seat. I don't toilet town. Toilet (laughs) town. I don't know what I'm saying. Some Um, would call that brown town. (laughs) Yeah, 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 brown. Yeah, that's right. Um, I'm getting tired. I don't know even what I'm saying right now. But oh, he's like, loopy, folks. I'm slipping. I'm slipping a little bit. But Morgan Frost has been playing a lot better since he had that like re- that like famed meeting with John Tortorella, and like it feels like John Tortorella might have a little respect for Morgan Frost now. So it makes you wonder, like, what will they do with Morgan Frost? Because like a couple months ago, you're like, oh, they're totally going to do. They're going to trade him for whoever they can get. And now it's just Bang, like, bucks. hold on like he's playing pretty well now. Like he's kind of cooking a little bit. Let's maybe chill for a second and see what we can do here. So like, who knows, like maybe they could throw Morgan Frost into something. And like, I I don't know. It it just seems like Morgan Frost has really kind of won back a lot of the fan base. And John Tortorella came out and said like, you know, some people might be a little confused by some of the moves we're making, but they just need to recognize that we are in fact in a rebuild and like when you hear something like that, it kind of makes you wonder like, huh, are you going to trade a young player or something? Like, what are you doing? And Morgan Frost is still like a young developing player. So I don't know. Man. I'm just throwing that out there. I, like, I'm just throwing it out there. Like, I don't know if Morgan Frost is like actually even close to being on the trade block. I would be kind of surprised if he wasn't just given how weird his tenure with the Flyers has been. But like, he has been playing a lot better recently. So I don't know man with with take with headlines like that you could write for the philadelphia daily news
0: chill on frost ryan quigg sets it straight on morgan
1: that's yeah yeah. chill out chill
0: chill put your problems (laughs) on ice it's so good so good so good let me tell you so good
1: so good so good yeah
0: we gotta get out of here, all right? It's getting late, folks. Quiggs is losing his damn mind. It's time to go. I've been slurring. I've been about-
1: slurring, dude. Like I have not been able to talk the last like twenty minutes. I don't know what happened. But him but not think so good. Him I, not think so good. But it, think it's fine so. because. It's time to go. We're going to talk
0: a lot about these traits in the coming weeks. Morgan Frost is not going anywhere. Okay. Well, he might be going somewhere, but that's the talk, right? Okay. We will be talking about it. We can't even, we don't even have time to talk about the Blues Blackhawks Winter Classic at Wrigley. I just have two words for you.
1: It stinks. I it's like the bad. Wrigley part. I don't like the Blackhawks <laughs> part. It's bad. Yeah. Oh, Connor Bedard. I'm so tired of it. Oh. God, I, love I love Connor Bedard. I love Connor Bedard.
0: Get the yeah, Blackhawks I don't out of love, here. We're tired of the Blackhawks. I Hawks. don't love that the NHL fixed him going to Chicago. And I will stand by that take to my dying day. You know, I mean, it's true. It's hundred percent fixed. hundred percent fixed. So yeah, it stinks. We don't want to see the Chicago Blackhawks, another winter classic, but you know, here we are. The NHL has no original ideas. So great. But yeah, anyway, we're going to have a lot of flyers, tangy tent for you coming in the following weeks. And be sure to check out all of our great podcast offerings over on Broad Street Hockey. We got the fly guys. We got Ryan Gilbert with his Broad Street Hockey podcast with a rotating, with a rotating cast of great Broad Street Hockey people. So you will hear a whole bunch of different people. I know Italian Joe's been on, Kelly's been on, I've been on, other people will be on, lots of people. So it's uh, all good stuff to check out. So we appreciate you all. If you have any feedback for us, the best place still is social media unfortunately and it's still unfortunately twitter the best place uh you can find me at flyperbole at EsteBomb. it's also that on blue sky which recently opened up so check us out on there uh got instagram got tiktok we're on a bunch of stuff quigs where can people find you on the socials
1: find me at ryan quigs with the z on twitter on instagram on anywhere else. blue sky yeah that's what i was looking for
0: Mr. Blue Sky.
1: There you go. There you go. Alright, folks.
0: We love you all. Thank you so much for listening. And until next time, in the words of the great Gene Hart, good night and good hockey. Well, well, wow, wow. Wow, 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 wow. And thanks one more time to Bet Online for sponsoring this show. Be sure to check them out for all of your big game wagers.